Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to My Songs Suck. I'm Alex Smith. I'm James Keogh. And today we're here with a guest. We've got Dylan from KB Theory. Hey guys. Nice. Mm, I have wanted to have you on the show for quite some time, Dylan. Oh. A KB Theory is a, it's exploding on the scene, doing very well, very well for you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I have I have an anecdote. Oh, well, can Dylan tell us a little bit about himself first and then you can dive into your anecdote? Sorry, I, uh, I forgot. <laughs> Do you want to give our guest yeah. some time? Yeah, look, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> KB Theory are very big. People know who KB Theory are. It's um, true. Anecdote. Uh, go, go for it. <laughs> I, yeah. All right. Hey guys, I'm the uh, the lead singer and uh, rhythm guitar player for KB Theory. We're just a local Brisbane band, trying our best, making some some sweet music that uh, hopefully everyone will enjoy. Just playing around, uh, just being out on the town in the valley, basically. So come down and see us. Nice, mm. nice. And yeah, people are enjoying it. A lot of people are. Uh, into your music, you're very. You've got a big kind of fan base, I guess you could say. It's getting it's getting bigger as time goes on, which is good. Yeah, as, that's what you ev- want. As everyone would better hope. than the alternative of just oh, like yeah. a dwindling audience. Hmm. Yeah, no, stale audience is never is never harshly put, but it's not good. Mm. Yeah. So anecdote time. I'm very excited. <laughs> I've been waiting all three minutes for this anecdote. Let's crack into it. Okay, so it says. Uh, in your About Me section. Dylan, which is you, met uh, Andrew Barnes through mutual friends after working together on a local musical production, uh, and he was asked to join the band as his drumming style is perfect fit for the genre. Mm-hmm. I was in that musical you production. You were in that musical production. And James watched that musical production. I did production. see it. I did see that musical production. Were you Not impressed? knowing either. Well, <laughs> okay, look. Are we? Do we say the name of the show impressed or how we feel is... about the show? Because we can only say one, I feel. <laughs> That's how we feel about it. How do you feel? How oh. do you, yeah. What was your musical experience like for that particular musical? Look, I'm a baritone. I was cast as a tenor. Uh <laughs> My life has changed since, and I'm glad I'm out of it. But were were you? Because um, we had a guitarist bail. You had many guitarists bail. Yeah. I was a very last resort. I was going to say you were the one who, who saved the day in the end. We everyone in that band saved the day in the end. It wasn't just me. <laughs> Definitely not me. It was that musical was a very new experience for me. I enjoyed it very much solely mm. for the fact that I cannot read music. And I had to learn what was it like eighteen songs? Oh my god! And they oh, were, no and they, were and they, well. they were like five minute songs plus. And not only were they not pop songs that are four chords, they were jazz songs with like every <laughs> inversion under the sun put in them. Because whoever wrote them just loves loves giving hell to people that don't know how to read music. So that was fun. And we had what two weeks? Two uh, weeks to learn eighteen songs. Yeah. To like jazz a, songs, yeah, to, a, to a performance standard as well. As oh, yeah. Okay. And the first, the first night was something quite insane mm-hmm. because no one was ready for it, and they just went go. We're like, all right, <laughs> I guess, I guess it's going to happen. It went really well, actually, at least from our point of view. I just enjoy that the three of us all met on yeah. like at the same night, and we didn't. Yeah, even, yeah. Like know. I knew. Neither of you. Well, I mean, I didn't know Dylan. This is the first time I'm meeting Dylan at yes. all. Incorrect. Um, because Dylan, or I thought the first time I met Dylan was at 
Luella Baldwin's 21st birthday party. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, yeah KB yeah, Theory just, played there. That's yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. There? I was there, yeah. I, I literally was not paying attention to anyone that night. <laughs> no, fair I was, enough. I was like feeling sick. It was not good. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I remember specifically thinking like, these guys are pretty good. I'm going to like them on Facebook. Thank and you, Alex. Well, thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James was dressed as a panda. I, no, I was dressed as a um, polar bear. Polar bear at the time because Good podcast the, content. The Alex. theme was around the world, and I was just as a polar bear. I wore a just a long sleeve white shirt and some <laughs> white pants, and that was my polar bear outfit. I was yeah. a lazy boy. I still am. Hmm. But, uh, I can see how that works. Yeah, I thought that'd be a nicer. Uh... Nice anecdote. It was a great anecdote. I'm so yeah. happy with that anecdote. Yeah, you gave me Jip. I was excited for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have brought a song to us today. I have. Which song have you brought to us today? Do you want the old one or the new one? The, the old, old one. one. The please. old one. All right. So I'll explain the old one for you Let's real do quick. It. So All right. this old one, um, which currently in the version that we play live now is so much better. Let me Let me add that. But... <laughs> The old one, uh, it's called If I Could See Myself, and it was like one of the three first songs that I ever wrote during school um, back in the days of like not knowing how to fully play any instrument <laughs> or knowing how to actually write songs hmm. or write lyrics. Nice. Um, so you can see how that would work. <laughs> um, but so this is one of those first songs, and the version it's in currently, this is like right at the start when... I just had the song and, you know, at the start we were a three-piece band and I wanted to, or we wanted to have some music that we could, um, you know, release to people, not Mm. thinking about how quality is not good (laughs) and the people want quality. So, you know, we've got this song that I went down while the others were busy. I went down to Byron and recorded in my uncle's studio, Mm. um, you know, played all the instruments myself, sung on it, did all that fun stuff. You know, I'm quite a good drummer, but I'm not good at lead guitar. So you can imagine imagine how that went down. Mm-hmm. And um, it's this version. I hate it a lot. It, <laughs> it sounds terrible. It drags. <laughs> like there's nothing really catchy about it. So we've done a lot of revamping on that song uh, to the standard that you'd hear it. Uh, one of our gigs today. But yeah, so what you're about to hear is basically our... First attempt at recording some music for KB Theory. Fantastic. Well, uh, mm. let's take a listen. Uh, here is the song.
life would come my way That I wouldn't have to stray too far from the road Have it handed to me on a silver platter I didn't think my carelessness would matter And I, or so did I could make it on my own And I, should have If I could see myself, uh, Dylan, how do you feel <laughs> uh, about that song? Yeah, no. So as I was saying during the break to these guys that um, that song, it's I hate it the most out of all, all of the songs <laughs> that I've ever recorded or written because of how boring it was when we initially did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like back in the beginning stages of uh, of my songwriting you know, career, I guess, mm. where there was nothing about that song, as you probably heard, that, you know, differentiated it from any other beginner songwriter. There was nothing special about it. There was nothing in there that really, like, drew your attention to something. Like, every part of that song was stale and it just dragged. Whereas, like, now all of the stuff that we're writing, um, you know, is more interesting. We've We've worked on parts for, like, four or five years now to get songs to where they are. Like the next song that you'll hear hope later in the podcast is um, it's been in the works for like five years and it didn't start the way you'll hear it. It, Mm. it wasn't as catchy. The vocal line wasn't the same. Like the guitars weren't the same. The drum pattern has actually stayed the same for the whole song, believe it or not. So that never actually changed much because I was actually a good drummer. (laughs) Um, uh, But everything else in that song just like at the time I was like oh this is so cool like we're recording music and like I love it like this this song's gonna be so big and then like 
listening to it now, I'm like, oh my God, this is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> like I never want anyone to hear this, which is ironic considering I just had it played. But um, well, they say um, with the if once you stop cringing at your old music, you've plateaued as a musician, and yeah. you should always be cringing at your well, old stuff. Honestly. Having that song played is great because when you hear the next song that we released this year, it's going to sound so damn good. Mm. Yeah. And you're going to be like, wow, this this musician, he's really just, <laughs> he's gone up in his ability. And that's that's why I brought that here so that you can listen to that terrible song and then hear this next one and be like, he's good. You know, well, well, he's grown yeah. as a musician and a person. Totally. Hopefully there'll be musicians who are at that point from the first song. Oh, yeah. And- no, if you're if you're a musician... At that beginning level, like I was, like I'm, st- I still am. That's that's not like it's only been five <laughs> years. But like, if you're if you're at that level and you think, oh god, my songs are terrible. Like I hate them. Everyone else is gonna hate them. Like, just sit on them and like work on more and more new stuff. Keep listening to a heap of music, and then like in a month from now, come back to that song and go, well, that whole thing sucked. But there was one part that I really liked, so I'm gonna keep that part and rework everything else. Mm. And that's exactly what happened if I could see myself. Like, I will break down exactly how that song became what it is now. Like, basically, it started and it had the chord progression. Um, and I liked the chord progression. And that hasn't changed. That stayed the same. Otherwise, mm. the song wouldn't be the same. But I really liked what it was. And um, I went, all right, so that's the fundamental part of the song that I'm going to keep. Because otherwise, I don't have a song. So that stayed the same. And the next part I worked on was the drums. And I went through like 10 different versions of the song where the drums were all drastically different. Like one where it was like the chorus was just like big toms, like boom, 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 boom. And like no cymbals, no hi-hat, no nothing, just like big toms. And I was like, okay, that doesn't work. And then (laughs) then I went, all right. And then um, I tried a drum beat similar to the one from like uh, Best Song Ever by One Direction. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool beat. Like... And this was like a couple of years later on that song. I was like, all right, that song that I, I like the drum beat from that song. I'll put it in that. And I tried it and I was like, okay, that doesn't quite fit. And then there was like a different drum beat from a song uh, called, uh, what was it? I'm trying to remember the name of the song. It's by one. Okay. Rock take what you want. Um, and it was like a really like slow beginning to the song. Like the version of the song now has a really like, funky intro like whereas like that's what it's become from like the at the start of uh, that version before like really catches your attention instantly whereas that one doesn't Mm -hmm. and the version like a couple versions in was this really slow like dark intro there was nothing (laughs) poppy about it at all that caught your attention it was really like sad and menacing of like just like reverb and like octave pedals and all this different stuff and like boom boom and like heaps of reverb and i liked it for a little bit and then like after playing it once live i was like this is terrible it didn't work at all like Mm. it made no sense in the song because it's meant to be an empowering song about like you know yeah life might not be what i want now like but if i could see myself would i like where i am like how can i fix that Whereas like it was just dark intro and that's not what the song's about. So then after going through that, I finally found a drum beat that I really liked and um, that stuck with it. And then obviously we had the chord progression and the rhythm guitar stayed exactly the same. The same. Um, and the bass line was really boring in that old version. Like 
there was nothing special in it. Um, it was like bum 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 like it stayed on the same string, like quality based writing right there. Um, and then I relate. Yeah, and then after like thinking about it for a little bit, I was like, and this is like many years later. I went, all right, let's rework the song one final time, and. I sat down and I went, all right, I want this song to be funky and um, I really want it to be something that people listen to and just like every instrument, while not overlapping each other and like being too prominent, they go like, when you listen to everything separately, you're like, that's impressive. I can mm. I can jam to that even if it's by itself. And so the bass line went from that boring bump, 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 bump to like boom, ding, 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 and so it's now like pretty funky and it catches your attention in the verse. Mm. And then, um, you know, there was no light and shade in that song either. Yeah. Whereas Ooh. in this new version uh, that we play currently, uh, you know, there's the boom, dick, doom, dick, doom, doom, in the intro. And then it goes into the chorus with like a um, pretty cool fill. And then there's the straight chorus as most songs have. And then it goes into this verse, which is only guitar. Mm. Um only guitar and vocals, you know. So what is what is light and shade? What does that mean? So basically light and shade is uh, they're so drastically different. When you hear a song that has this big loud chorus and then suddenly when it comes out of that and into this verse that has nothing but guitar and vocals, it's like, oh, this is very different. Uh, yep. And instead of having a song that has loud chorus, Loud verse, loud chorus, loud verse, loud bridge, like everything's high energy, which some songs can work very well doing that. Like that's not say that's a bad idea, but like right. light and shade really does help where it's like um, if you have a quiet song and you have a big bridge mm. and then a back to quiet again or like big song and then quiet bridge, like people people go, oh, there's something different that's happening here. Like right. that makes them listen. Whereas yeah, if you just have engaged. everything stay the same level the whole time, people are like, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, everyone I tell, they're like, does it change? I'm like, yeah, you just keep listening. <laughs> because, you know, particularly with my parents, I'll I'll be at home just, like, working on songs. And I use them um, just because I can. They're there, mm. you know, just to be like, can you listen to my song? What do you think? Mm. The first thing they say is, does it have lyrics? I'm like, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it today. Just calm down. Your harshest critics, um, your parents. <laughs> really? And then... Um, so then I listen to the song and they're like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. You know, you know, I like how it's it's different and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, good, that's what I need. Mm. So, you know, basically we got to a version where the song is now funky, has light and shade. You know, every part is interesting. The lyrics actually move from like one of three notes and <laughs> it's it's a good time. I really like that song and it'll probably be um, on one of the next DPs next year. Nice. That's cool, the idea of like, workshopping a song that you know isn't where you need it to be and like taking the time to perfect it like that like you mentioned with um hope that it took like five years mm. was there ever a point where you're just like you know i hated it for a long time yeah really i hated all did you my ever songs tr- want to like give up on those songs or like did you ever have i've, have I've given of- up on them multiple times i really? gave i gave up on um i think there's only three songs that we've released so i can't really name names because right. no one will know what they are but <laughs> like out of the the like 10 or so, 10, 12 songs we play live, mm. all of those songs at one point I went, God, I've had enough of this. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, this song is going nowhere. And then a month from now or from then I'll be like, 
just pop into my head. I'll be like, oh, sick. That's a wicked idea. And I'll go back and then suddenly the song makes sense. Oh, that's cool. Like it's it's one of those things where I'll write a song and I'll spend so long looking and listening at it that you hate it by the end of it. And like right. every artist will tell you that. You you listen to a song so often every single day that you're writing it that you're like, I hate it so much. And then you leave it a month and you come back to it and you're like, oh, my God, this is like a banger. I love this song. Huh. And I, I did that with um with Journey, uh, the second one that we released. Mm. I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it for like a year straight just to get it to what it is. And I just I hated it by the end of it. And I was like, this song is terrible. Like, who's going to like this song? And I just <laughs> like I threw it down for like a couple months and then I came back to it and I was like, this is really good. Huh. I should finish this song. Mm. So it's one of those things where no matter how much you hate a song, just leave it a little bit, come back to it and find a part in that song that you like and um, just go with it. Oftentimes I've found that while working on another song, I'll have this idea and I'll go, hang on, that part in that song fits better in here. I'll put it there because mm. I'm not going to use it there. and um, Or I can just take a part from a song that I don't like uh, that, that say the lead guitar and put it in just its own little thing and then work around that and make a better song out of that instead mm-hmm. of using that part of the song that didn't work you mentioned your uh, your uncle your uncle produced it uh who is he um yeah so my uncle is pete murray and he um pretty pretty big touring artist around australia um and holy damn the what? pete murray the pete murray yes what the fuck whoa so i was lucky <laughs> enough that he has a studio down in Byron and that we were able to use it. Yeah, I guess we're just glazing um, over that. <laughs> just glazing oh, over that. Your uncle is Pete Murray? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy, um, dude. That's awesome. It's, it's pretty cool. It's definitely helpful. Not yeah. in a way that people would be like, oh, he can get you on these gigs and he can do all this stuff because he can't. He's too, too big up for that. We're too low in the, the scheme to, <laughs> right, to use any of that, that stuff yet. But <laughs> it's the stuff he's helped me with is basically like, songwriting and getting those those parts in songs interesting and and lyrically he wrote the lyrics for journey oh nice. um, oh cool and they're my favorite lyrics by far um because yeah, i, I like didn't lights write of them. tokyo man i love lights of tokyo it's too it's song. it's super catchy it's just a shame that it's not how we wanted it to be oh no recorded or sound oh really it doesn't sound like how we had it in the demo and how we envisioned it in our heads, but we just didn't have enough money to make it what we wanted. So mm. it ended up this really like light song. Mm. It wasn't meant to be light. Ooh. It was meant to be like a lot, you know, sex by the 1975. Have either of you guys heard that song? I think so. Mm. It's like, um, I wanted it to be like that, like gritty, grungy, like really powerful vocals, like super driving drum beat. Right. And it just, it wasn't that. Mm. So like while we love the songs and if you didn't know what we wanted, you just think that's how they were meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the songs weren't recorded at all or sounding how they were meant to be. None of the songs that we've released so far, apart from hope, actually it sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> but the other ones sounded like we actually wanted them to be. There was just the sound and the tone wasn't right. Hmm. Was that a different producer for those ones? Yeah. We used, um, Dustin McLean, and it's it's not his fault. We just didn't have the money to keep working on right. it. Right. Oh, I, I didn't mean to call anyone out. Oh, no. Just, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. It all just comes down to money. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel that, man. <laughs> yeah, every artist feels that. Everyone feels that. You don't even have to be an artist to feel that. <laughs> so uh, you wrote uh, the song that we... Uh, I keep forgetting the name of the song. If I could see if myself. I, if see I could myself. see myself. This is why we have notes, James. Yeah, look, this is why right. we take notes. I just like to... I did my research. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good journalist. <laughs> um, you wrote that when you were in high school, yeah? I did, yeah. Last year of high school. Last year, so you were like, yeah, what, so 16, 2014, 17? I was... I was a year older, so I think in the last year I was 17 or 18. 18. Yeah. Nice. And, like, looking back on the lyrics and the stuff like that and, like, the meaning behind the lyrics, yeah. was there much, like, you know, meaning? Was there much significance for you in that time? There was. During that time, like, I really wanted to be, obviously, every every person that age who's into music dreams of being, like, this super famous touring artist that would, like, millions <laughs> of fans everywhere. Sure. And, um... <laughs> And that was that was what I wanted to be. But at the same time, like, I had no idea where my life was going to go mm. at all. Like, even in the short scale of things, like, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life outside of school once that ended. Like, I went to, to TAFE and did, like, a sound engineering course, but, like, I didn't know what the rest of my life was going to be. I had no idea where anything was going to take me. I basically just knew that I was going to work on music until it worked. That was my whole plan. How come you didn't uh, go into like producing your own stuff if you did sound engineering? Um, because my naive little brain <laughs> went, obviously, if I'm paying someone to do it, it'll be better than if I can do it. Oh, my God, right? Yes. <laughs> and that's not true. <laughs> like, um, like, I'm learning how to do it myself and I'm yeah. still like... It's it's true it's, for some things. Like, let's not lie. If you find the right person, mm. like producer-wise or mm. engineer-wise, like for our songs we're doing, uh, for the next EP, uh, next year we're going to do guitar, bass, and synth stuff on mm. our own because we don't have to pay anyone to do that. And, like, all these should, things man. these days Absolutely. can make really, really good guitar tones and bass tones just with your computer. Oh, cool. And, like, no one will know the difference. Yeah. However... We are not going to record vocals and drums on our own because we need those to sound perfect. And trust me, a bad yeah. vocal tone and a bad drum tone will really ruin a well-recorded song. Oh, wow. That's true. So I, um, in that respect, yeah. like, don't pay people for the things you can do yourself, hmm. but pay someone who is a lot better than you to record the things that need to sound good. And for us, that's drums and vocals. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think also, especially if you're doing it hundred percent by yourself. So you're like, I'll just loop, like I'll loop a section and then do like five takes and then you go over to the computer and you're like, yeah, that one was okay. And then you loop it again. I think you need someone to be like less nasal. Uh, you did a weird ooh there. You, you know? can just critique yourself or have your bandmates be like, I didn't like that. Mm. Like mm. when we re- were recording Hope, uh, we did it at the con. Like we it was we did it just with our buddy um, Tom. And he's just like, do you want to come in and just record a song? Well, we did multiple before that with him, but mm. this next one, we spent two days in the con studios with him just messing around with this song. And like, huh. it's good to have time to work on one song. When we went down to Byron and paid the, the two grand to do that stuff, we did three songs in two days, mm. all parts, all instruments, all vocals. It was a nightmare. Um, whereas when we went with him to the con, we had two days on one song and mm. that was so much better. Mm basically just able to get your ideas out and try new things. And like, you know, they would, the band was sitting in the room with him and they would just on the microphone and be like, do it better. And, <laughs> and just like, we could constantly do vocal takes. Like I'm, I'm not this Beyonce level singer. I, I don't get everything right 
like 90% of the time. Like there's always parts that can be improved. So mm. they just keep keep doing it until you get it right. Mm. So we spent like three hours on vocals and just making sure we got it right. Cool. Yeah, you got Stuff it. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. If you want yeah, to there's a little tip. Pay people for the things that need to be paid for. If not, do it yourself. I think it's it's insane just how much, like once you take making the music out of the equation, music can be like pretty profitable. Yeah, if if you do it the right way and you are mm. smart about what you do, you can make money. Mm. But that's like you got to get to that point first. Like, yeah, yeah. don't expect because you put five grand down on some studio and some mm. producer to help you out that it's going to go somewhere. Like, it might work, and it's worked in the past for a lot of bands, mm. like Bieber with Usher paying for everything and him yeah. just like blowing up. Right. Um, Shepard, who you know, I think the story is their dad gave someone at like Warner Music a million dollars to give oh. them like songs and then that was you know Hey Geronimo that was one of those songs and right. then that blew up yeah I, I don't know if that story's right Geronimo. I'm just like that's just the street talk that I've heard but sure yeah like it's worked like let's not get it wrong if you have money you can do a lot of things but um you know don't drop money on the things that you don't need to drop money on mm. like work it with yourself like I all those songs I'd been just in garage band doing demos for years mm. before i would even like consider going into the studio and working on a song like i learned the hard way with if i could see myself the first time going thinking because i paid this money it's going to sound great i hated it yeah and i've i still hate it your uncle made you pay yeah it's a studio <laughs> i had Fair to pay enough, the engineer yeah. and i had to oh, pay okay. for the space yeah. like, I, th- I thought like like he, he is a, a person a that studio. needs money too fair, fair, fair. so yeah. you know I'm in, I'm in his space. Like I got good rates with him better than if someone wasn't me coming into the yeah, studio, sure. but I still had to pay. Yes. Makes sense. That's yeah. wild. That's a wild thing. <laughs> yeah. People got to pay bills. Like it's still a lot of electricity being used and all that stuff so, that goes oh, yeah, on in there. Um, solar panels, apparently, apparently all, um, <laughs> no, like legit, apparently cool. all, uh, music producers, they swear by solar panels. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh god am i being tricked am i being like solar panel salesman in disguise i mean of all the you know crafty salesmen to try and trick you solar panels are pretty good for the environment at least true. i like this sidebar we've yeah. taken <laughs> um oh, i had a thing to say it's gone we we're on a good groove oh um oh wow i was gonna say what what daw do you use that wasn't an interesting question at all it is it is an interesting <laughs> question i i used to use pro tools in the past mm. um but because you started from GarageBand, which I did, which I love honestly, I but... love GarageBand for its simplicity in making demos. I used mm. to use Pro Tools because I was like, all oh, the all the big boys use Pro Tools. Like, mm. there's all this cool stuff in there. It's so much of a hassle for demos. You don't need it to sound amazing yeah. in Pro Tools. Like for demos, just GarageBand is so simple. Plug and play. There's like heaps of amps to choose from. You can't do that in Garage uh, in Pro Tools, Pro Tools mm. at least in the the like free software and stuff you can't do it and make it sound good there's like such limited choice whereas in GarageBand you can mix until your heart's content and I love that like Mm. I wiped my computer a few months ago hurt my feelings a little bit I forgot to save all my guitar tones so I I have to redo them all from scratch but like you can really make some good guitar tones out of GarageBand like it honestly surprised me Hmm. where like you can just People think like, oh, GarageBand sounds like garbage. Like, why would I want this beginner level entry stuff? But like when you really dive into it, it's only beginner, 
you know, as beginnerish as you want to make it. Like if you dive yeah. into it, you can really get a lot of stuff. Yeah, everything done, like mixed, presented to mixed you, and you mastered. can tweak and like mm. make it better. There's been numerous bands, like probably not famous ones, but numerous bands that I've heard of that like make their whole album on GarageBand and just mix and master it there. And oh, like it's um, very possible. Arctic Monkeys made AM using Logic. Logic is great. Logic yeah. is basically GarageBand, but with way, way, way more mm. um, features and sounds and stuff that you can do. Like GarageBand is pretty limited in terms of mixing, mm. if you want to like get creative with it mm. and like synths. But um, if you like pay for logic and like really focus in and know what you're doing, you can get some pretty cool stuff out of it. Like logic is basically as good, if not better than Pro Tools, in my opinion. Pro Tools is just, I mess around too much with that. And it just, yeah. it takes so long to get stuff done. Whereas in logic, just press play, you know, record, yeah. press stop. It's where I want it. I can move it easily. Whereas in Garrett, mm. um, Pro Tools. Pro Tools, God, <laughs> it's just so much of a hassle. There's so many buttons to click and, yeah. oh, I hate it. I feel like the the belief uh, that I'm being taught because I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to uni and doing sound stuff and yep. they seem to be like Logic and GarageBand are great for making demos and once you know exactly what you want to record, oh, then yeah. Pro, Pro Tools is good. That I like- will admit, yes. Yeah. No, once you're in the studio, Pro Tools, when you want a final thing mm. and that's going to go out to the world, mm. Pro Tools. But when you're making demos and you want them to sound really, really good mm. to that 90% point where people listen to it and the engineer goes, okay, I know exactly what you're trying to get. Yeah, yeah. I can do that here mm. in Pro Tools. And you're like, sweet. Whereas mm. if you like do that in Pro Tools, it's going to sound garbage for a demo. Many yeah. mm. are so bad in Pro Tools. <laughs> oh, I, I hate it. Like you, you can't do anything MIDI-wise in Pro Tools. Whereas in GarageBand, you can play on your keyboard, like just press keys move everything so easily like the sounds are all there they're instant whereas like oh my god pro tools has just just garbage sounds garbage up fix yourself pro tools and the less said about ableton live the better oh i I don't even know how to use ableton so i'm not going to get into that i'm not smart enough fucking hate ableton (laughs) sorry jim no this is good (laughs) this is good software chat it's interesting oh and you like even to me who doesn't engage like i engage with garage band a bit when i first got a mac because i was like i can make songs um even that was like pretty cool to like oh i'm gonna do different tracks i'm gonna have a drum track and a bass track and you know do this little thing like i don't know it's it's interesting that such a there's like so little barrier to entry for something like garage band that people who don't even make music can use it and for that to be robust enough to be actually used by like i don't know if pros use it obviously but like they do all the pros would start when they're demoing i know my uncle he demos in garage band yeah. like that's how you start you have an idea you record it on your phone for a little mm. bit you mellow over it for a little bit and then you go into garage band you put it down mm. um particularly on the last album that he did like listening to it now on the album it sounds so amazing and then mm. when you listen to not that you guys will ever be able to listen to that part <laughs> of it but um when you hear where it started like he just got drag and drop drum beat loops yeah and mm. put um his acoustic guitar like not even plugged in just into the mac speakers just played it <laughs> and then like you listen to that and you're like i can't believe that turned out to be that right i love that you know that the idea that like there's really just little to no barrier to entry there's no like mm. you know money that you have to spend in terms of like oh, you got to spend four thousand well, dollars on a mac sure <laughs> that's that's true but like the I- idea that even a beginner 
has the same starting tools mm. as what the pros have. It's just, of- it all comes down to knowledge at that point. Yeah, mm. it's just the skill and what you can Knowledge put into and ability. It. Yeah. Apple gets like such a bad rep for being like, oh, it's like really basic and like, oh, it's all like user friendly. But yeah. like, I love that like an entire. I love it's user friendly. I am. Oh, absolutely. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> I need user friendly and. It took me ages to understand it, but once you understand mm. it, you can move up to logic, and that's mm. where it becomes more. Yeah, exactly. More, like I love hard. that everyone didn't even realize they were becoming proficient in like industry standard software because yeah, they right? made it so simple. And then they're like, uh, there was like, I think there might have been advanced version for GarageBand, but then above that, there's Logic, and then there's mm. advanced version for Logic. And it's nah, like it's, everyone it's just, was learning I think how to. It was just GarageBand and Logic, and all it was yeah. was just they just kept updating. Yeah, and they just like they're the, very the like they took the training software. wheels off. It's like if you liked GarageBand, you can use Logic, and it's like, mm. huh? I guess now I can like release industry standard records now, huh? I was just doing this for fun. Like that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's Whereas awesome. Whereas Pro Tools, oh. it's just like here's some you have fucking dials on Pro you Tools. Have, you have to take a fucking course to even learn how to use Pro Tools. <laughs> like I, I want to like it because I know that it's useful. I just don't understand it yet, and uh. You'll never fully understand Pro Tools. <laughs> just leave it up to the pros. Anyone who says they understand it is a liar or well, they're selling you something. I guess that's why it's Pro Tools. Yep. Once you start making like a certain amount of money it's each year, then you suddenly tools, understand man. it. <laughs> we just call it tools. You know, <laughs> we're, the, we're the pros. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. Um, well, I do have my notes. Oh, go for it, man. <clears throat> uh, well, that's not a good note. I was going to say, why does it change from one year to 10 years to 20 years? But that's just because... I was also wondering that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, well... I just mean, because it's it seems to make the most sense. Like, I don't think I'd say if I could see myself in one year, if I could see myself in nine years, if I could see myself in 17 and a half <laughs> right, years. Right, yeah. Um, oh, you could have just you said... You know, in one year, who knows where I'll be? Mm. In mm. 10 years, who knows where I'll be? In 20 years, who knows where I'll be? Like, mm. then the chorus ends. We don't know what happens after 50. True. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no one knows. No one knows. Questions science can't answer. Do you have any advice for songwriters just starting out and also at that kind of like, they're starting to get big, but they don't really quite know where to go and what to do? So songwriting wise, it's, it basically just comes down to just keep writing songs. Like the best advice I was given, which I don't always follow. And there was a a part in my life where like I had zero inspiration for like six months. I wrote nothing and I didn't even touch music. Like I didn't want to be around anyone or do any of that kind of stuff just because I was like, I thought I was useless at it. Wow. That just probably just came down to like depression or something. But then um, just keep writing songs and write a song every day if you can. It doesn't wow. have to be good. Hmm. It doesn't have to be anything special. Just write a song every day. Most importantly, it doesn't have to be your genre either. Hmm. If you want to write like a, a ragtime song and it's in your head, <laughs> Get it out because who knows in like three years from now you might be doing something and, you know, you're writing an album. Suddenly you're like, hey, that'd be really cool here. Mm. Like I'm sure Dream Theater did that in like Dance of Eternity because there's like some ragtime part in there. And, you know, (laughs) probably, you know, 10 years prior he was like, I'll use this one day. (laughs) One Um, of these days. File it away. Yeah. So I have a heap, a heap of songs written. Like they don't have lyrics. Mm. I'm not Mm. a fantastic lyricist yet. but um. I'm I'm really good at writing the songs first and the lyrics come after that. So I have a lot, a lot of songs that just sit on my computer that when I'm feeling it every couple of months, I'm, I'll go back and listen to every single one and there's like hundreds. Wow. And I'll listen to them and I'll go like, all right, that part right there, I'm going to make a song out of that. And I'll spend the day doing that. 
Hmm. And um, or if I'm feeling it, I'll go to one of the songs that I currently have that um, we've got and I'll work on it. Like there's a song I've been working on recently um, that's really like um, it's not funky, but it's like just call it modern, I guess. That's like away from where we are currently with the band, which is where we want to be. Mm. Um, and it started out as a drum beat. I was listening to a song and I went, oh, that's that's cool. Like I have an idea after hearing that. And it was like a keyboard part with heaps of reverb and like distance and all this different kind of stuff. And it was just that. And I went, all right, so I'll put like a drum beat. And I put that down and it sounded really good. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have any ideas past this point. So I put it down and I came back like two days later after thinking of something and I made a verse and it's um, just, you know, these guitar chords and I went, okay. And then I put that down again and I came back and I went, all right, I'm going to make like a, a chorus. So I got my guitar out and I got this really cool lead part going and I was like, okay, that's cool. Like I don't have any ideas. So mm. I left it again and I just keep coming back. And suddenly now there's this, this song that we have that is huh. like, I really, really like, song of just like yeah. parts and parts. That's like, awesome. I'd like every day I'll come back and I'll like force myself to write a bridge. Like there have been numerous times, particularly on songs for next year that we're writing that I'll write something in that song, like a bridge. Mm. Like um, there was one of, one of those songs has a bridge and it's really good. Now it has like piano in it. It's got this cool, like airy vibe to it. And like this cool drum part with like cymbals and stuff that's like really wicked, but yeah. it didn't start that way. Mm. I, I wrote it and I was like, all right, I'll just put a baseline and bah, 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 like just snare doing that. It's not mm. interesting. It's not good in any way. Yeah. And I just went, all right. And then a week went by and I went, okay, I'm going to change that. So I went in and changed it and it's, you know, stuck how it is now with, um, this new bridge and it sounds really good and it breaks up the song like the light and shade I was talking about. Right. The song is broken up now with there's no piano in the start of the song up until mm. that bridge and then suddenly there's piano and synths um, underneath and now piano in the last chorus and it's that light and shade. Now there's something there that wasn't there before. Yeah. Cool. Keeping it fresh. Just keep working on the songs. Just keep going over and over them. Leave them for a bit if you get you get frustrated. Yeah. Just put them down. Like there's no sense in forcing yourself to get something out because it won't work. You'll just burn out like I did where like for six months I didn't want to touch anything because I constantly worked on the songs and I just got to the point where I had nothing and I went, I hate this. And I just threw the guitar down and then didn't touch anything. Yeah. And then after coming back to it, you know, suddenly there's all these new songs that are like reasonably good that nice. I'm actually quite proud of. Hmm. You, it sounds like you have a, a very like distinct songwriting process um, where yeah. it's it seems quite disciplined. Do you? <laughs> you could put it that way, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, if you're writing pretty frequently, that's pretty disciplined. There are some people who wait for inspiration to strike, which that is not, does happen. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, how do you know? Because usually, like, I'm writing a song because I have to write a song every day, and you're like, I like that. How do you know? Because sometimes you you find the thing where you're like, oh. I've had a very good idea for a song and then yeah. you write it and it's just very good. Like, mm. do you, do you find that happens often? And like, how do you know? That happens quite rarely. Mm. And I, I relish those times. Like the other day um, I woke up after, like it was my one day off that I've had in like, like two weeks. Yeah. And I like woke up that morning and I like that night before I went to bed, I'd like put down um, the, that the bridge I was talking about in that song. I went, yeah. 
like it was this terrible bridge. And then like at two o'clock in the morning, I like was just sitting there kind of like working on it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then I was like, I listened to a song by um, Foster the Foster the People. Um, what is it? Coming of Age. And I listened to that and I was like, piano. And I just like, I got my piano out. I put it down. I like played it. And I was like, this is wicked. So I like, I got the idea in my head, recorded on my phone, you know, went to bed and I got up the next morning. I was like so energized and you, you can feel it. Like you have that, that energy that you didn't have. Like when you write a song that you're not as invested in, like Mm. you get this like really feeling of like, if you get pulled away from what you're doing, you like, you get mad. Yeah. (laughs) I know that happened to me. I had to leave to put some posters up around my old school and stuff. And I was kind of getting a little bit frustrated because I wanted to go home and work on this song. And like, it's like withdrawal syndromes, like like symptoms. You just want to like, work on this song and that's how you know that it's good because yeah. you get this like this is going somewhere and I want to work on it and mm. that's the kind of inspiration that when you hit that you're like okay I got to finish this song yeah it's awesome I think it sucks when you when you get that for something and then you're like oh this is good I'll I'll get to it and then you don't and then it mm. fades and then you let, can't rekindle it don't do that like if you have an idea I know like no matter what I'm doing if I have an idea I will run down and grab my guitar and I will record it on my phone. So at least if nothing, I can come back later. Like I have so, so many. Let's see. (laughs) We've got the phone out here. We're going to check how many recordings we have. Like if you guys can see that. Oh my goodness. It is a full list, a full scrolling list of all song ideas. Oh shit. He's still going. Still going. (laughs) That is a lot. Full maximum speed. um, Like I've got what's down here. All of them have really dumb names too. Like oh, I, I'll never know what this song is. Um, I don't even know what these are. Like <laughs> half of them, like um, I got a, I had like a, this really early song called like Arrogant, um, Sugar, Dana. I don't even know who Dana, Dana is. It's <laughs> probably misspelled. Um, there's New Recording Three, uh, Sun in My Life, Don't Go Out in the Dark. Like uh, I mean, that's good advice. You know, <laughs> Kick to No One's Home. Kick to no one's home. Yeah, new piano, Missy Higgins. Like, just, <laughs> just a heap of stuff that doesn't make sense, but they're all song ideas that if I so choose at any point, can go back and listen to them and get inspiration from them. I know I have multiple times. That's um, so cool. I've, like, had an idea and just recorded it and then gone, all right, I'll come back to this whenever mm. i got a free moment. And that's how all of the songs that you've heard thus far have started mm. with me just putting them down on my phone and going, all right, that's that's a good idea. I should come back to that. Is that how this new song started? How uh, Hope started? Yes. Yeah, so Hope started as I usually always have an inspiration from another song that leads me to write that song. And mm. I, it's yeah. been like four years and I have no idea <laughs> where that inspiration came from for Hope. But um, it's it's just a catchy song that I I sat down with an idea from somewhere and I just put the chords out, you know, put the drum beat out and then like came back and worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And then that's basically how it started. All from like that one idea that you just record on your phone. Are you a little bit, cause I, I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, I'm inspired by this song and I'm going to try and draw from these influences. Yeah. Uh, in this age of uh, Ed Sheeran lawsuits. Yeah. Do you get concerned? Not really, because as much as I, draw a lot of inspiration from songs and if you pay close attention there's elements of it there mm. um the melody's not the same the chords are not the same 
the patterns are not the same. It's just the feel of the song that I like. Mm. If there's like um, a partner song, for instance, like Lights of Tokyo, it's it's really similar to uh, that 1975 song, but mm. the chords aren't the same. The drum beat's not exactly the same. Mm. Um, the end of the song isn't anywhere near the same. There's no bridge in the song either where there's a bridge in the 1975 one. I guess it's trying to the recreate feel is the, not the, same. the feeling that you get from it. You're trying to yeah. make something that makes you feel the feeling. Yeah, like I liked how that song felt and I liked the way it was structured Yeah, and that general idea. And I took that general idea and made that song mine. And then that's where when you take their idea and then you keep reworking it, mm after many years that's when it becomes what it was like if you listen to my song now and you hadn't heard me say it sounds like this song mm. you would never know yeah, mm. yeah and like if you in your spare time have a bit of a listen it it might sound close it might not i've never listened to them side by side mm. but you wouldn't pick it just by going okay this yeah. is that and that like you yeah. there's some songs that, where you do that like i've definitely um heard songs before where i've gone this person just blatantly stole yeah but um you wouldn't pick my songs because i spend a lot of time like i get the general idea and then i just change it pretty drastically into mm. something else mm. yeah well that feels like a good place a good yeah mm. place fantastic do you want to plug anything this um, episode will come out on the 24th of august i do want to plug some stuff let's do um, it do it begin yep, the plug so- <laughs> on the 17th of august we do have the single launch which by then would already have happened but don't forget to go and listen to the song on spotify and and all of those other ones apple music you know listen to it on triple j on earth that would definitely help us out if they could notice us um leave a review, leave a review. all that stuff yeah. um but we we're playing red fest on the 7th of september Cool. Um, nice. So get down to that one if you are free. We would greatly appreciate it. Whereabouts is that one? Um, it's at like Redland Bay. Uh, so anyone that lives near Redland Bay, there's a pretty wicked, really good music festival that um, goes on there every September. So awesome. get down to that. Awesome. Support the local music. Love and that. that single launch is the one that we're about to listen to, Hope, right? Yep. It's for uh, the latest single, Hope, our third single. Good. Cool. I, I feel good that we get to listen to it. Before yeah, we get this like sneak peek. Although obviously the by the time it comes out, podcast perks. Have, yeah. Um, Alex, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, um, I'm I'm a musician. Uh, your man, Alex Smith. I'm on Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. But also, uh, August twenty fourth is very close to the first of September. Correct. And uh, our play, The Duke of Zest, is going to be at the Brisbane Powerhouse Finals of Short and Sweet. Yes. So if you'd like to see us in the real world. And see a play that we wrote. Um, please come out. to that and yeah. give us a vote. But yeah, very nice. Do you have anything you want to plug, James? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. So that's Good. that's cool. Good, um, short and sweet, short and sweet <laughs> indeed. Um, yeah, no, obviously I'll be in that play as well in the Duke of Zest at the uh, short and sweet gala finals at the Powerhouse September first. But other than that, you know, I just kind of got nothing going on. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And this is Hope.
Liz Keough and I have my life together. My name's Curtis Lang and by all rights I shouldn't be alive. And I want to find out what it's like to walk one mile in your shoes. Fair enough. If that's what you really want, then that's on you. I'm just so concerned for you, Liz. What are we going to do in this podcast? We're going to be swapping friends, diets, cars, phones, underwears, jobs. Oh man, have you ever seen Freaky Friday? It's pretty much that film. We're going to swap, yeah, these aspects of our lives and Oh, man, I'm really concerned for how it's going to turn out for you, let me tell you. Yes, well, we are going to be every Friday dropping those ones, so put it in your diaries, put them in your calendars, yeah, in your I, notes. I definitely keep a diary and a calendar. That's definitely something I do. I do. I have my life together, Curtis. Well, <laughs> I don't. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> 